Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. You are listening to another edition of Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq el And we are broadcasting at WCEV 1450 AM, reaching the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. Radio Islam family, I'm not telling you anything new, but this is just for the, for the new folks joining us for the first time. Uh, we broadcast every day from 6 to 7 PM. Uh, we're a daily call-in talk radio program, and we talk just about everything under the sun. Uh, and we are talking to you from Chicago, uh, which is a, a tremendously, which is, is a historic city. Uh, there is there's so much, uh, so much culture, uh, so much going on. We are we are a global city. If you, if you didn't know, now you know. Uh, and as such. We have a very special guest with us uh, in studio right now, uh, Dr. Peter Alter. And he is a historian and director of the Studs Turkel Center for Oral, Oral History of the Chicago History Museum. And I just can't wait to, to just hear, <laughs> just to learn something. Uh, every time I, when I've talked, I, I, I'm, I'm about to get flustered. So let me just calm myself down. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Oh, thank you no. for having me, Tariq. I'm uh, really happy to be here to talk about the Chicago History Museum and Chicago history and some of the projects that we're doing at the museum. Okay, great, great. Uh, Radio Slam family, just to remind you, if you have a question or comment, feel free to give us a call at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. So first, uh, let me ask this because I really was not, and, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say this because I'm a lifelong Chicagoan. Mm -hmm. I was not really aware of the Chicago History Museum. Uh -huh. uh, is that, am, am I the only one? <laughs> no, unfortunately, <laughs> you're, you're not. Uh, even though we're Chicago's oldest uh, cultural uh, institution, founded in 1856, actually here in downtown Chicago, we during, burned down in the fire of uh, 1871. Mm -hmm. We actually lost some uh, Abraham Lincoln manuscripts in that fire because he was a, uh, a member of the Chicago, then known as the Chicago Historical Society. We're at 1601 North Clark Street on the north side of the city in the southern edge of Lincoln Park right off uh, Lakeshore Drive, uh, south of Lincoln Park Zoo, intersection of Clark Street and North Avenue. We've been there since 1932. Uh, wow. So we had a major renovation and name change. So if any of the listeners out there have heard of us, Way back in the day, maybe on a third or fourth grade field trip, we were the Chicago Historical Society. And about 10 years ago, we became the Chicago History Museum. Same organization, same location. Now, see, I'm, sit I'm sitting here nodding because I remember Chicago Historical Society. Okay. I know that name. All right. Uh, and, <clears throat> and I add to it to explain my, my, uh, my embarrassment a little bit is because uh, I love history. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, so the Chicago Historical Museum, what, I mean, because Chicago, the history is huge. 
how much of that history does it cover? Does it folk, what, yeah. It, it, it covers, we cover all of Chicago history. We also cover uh, U.S. history from the revolution, basically the 1770s through the 1870s or reconstruction. Uh, so actually the one single object for which we're known uh, most widely around the country is the Abraham Lincoln deathbed. Okay. Uh, so the bed that uh, Abraham Lincoln actually died in uh, in April of 1865 when he was shot by John Wilkes Booth in Washington, D.C. Uh, he was carried across the street from the Ford's Theater to uh, Peterson's boarding house, carried uh, into the first floor, and he died in this bed. They had to lay him crossways uh, around it because he was 6'4", and the bed was very short for him. Yeah. So people know that uh, object if they know any of our objects. But we do cover the entire expanse of uh, Chicago history. Uh, we go back to uh, uh, DuSable, who was uh, Chicago's first non-native uh, resident, uh, and we go up to our own times. Um, our signature exhibit is Chicago Crossroads of America, which is 15,000 square feet of Chicago history. Oh, wow. The first object that you see when you walk into the uh, Chicago Crossroads of America is L car number one. It was actually one of the original L cars on the, the uh, L tracks here, which are right outside our studio. Wow. And uh, that actually, if one could go back in time, and uh, go back to 1893 and see the world, the Columbian World's Fair, the World's Columbian Exposition of 1893. Uh, they would travel to Chicago on a train, uh, get off at some downtown location, and then they would take uh, a uh, car, an elevated train car, just like L car number one down to the World's Fair in 1893. So you can actually walk uh, into that, sit in it, uh, it's on more or less permanent loan from the Chicago Transit Authority. Uh, so now I have to get down there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I have to get there to, just to see that. Yes, we have other wonderful artifacts. We have uh, the Pioneer Locomotive, which uh, came into uh, Chicago in the 1840s. It was actually the first locomotive to come into the city. Hmm. Um, one reason why we're here and why we're a world-class city uh, is transportation. So people know today the uh, interstate uh, expressway system. Uh, people also know our two major airports. Uh, but we also were a railroad uh, capital at one time, and we still are, especially for, for freight and for Amtrak. Mm -hmm. uh, but really, that's what helped put Chicago on the map. Um, so we have a lot of artifacts that reflect that. Uh, if you're a Chicago sports fan, on rotation, for example, we have uh, uh, Michael Jordan's uh, jersey, Scottie Pippen's jersey, um, Dennis Rodman's uh, basketball shoes, uh, uh, Walter Payton's uh, jer jersey, if you're a Bears fan, going back to the, the great Bears that actually won a Super Bowl. Right. Um, uh, you know, we have a lot of fans, a lot of people are fans of the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have a whole uh, part of a gallery dedicated to that fire. Uh, October 8th and 9th of 1871 and we we still don't know how it started um, speaking of that fire how did it how did that fire change Chicago that's an excellent question and it changed it in in many ways um, uh, it uh, burned down this entire area where we were so for example we're we're in the Palmer House office tower right next to us is the Palm famous Palmer House Hotel that hotel for example was burned down this is 
uh, the fourth or fifth iteration here, built in the 20s, I believe. Uh, so it, it vastly changed the, um, the buildings in this downtown area. Um, what happened actually is that the buildings that were, that were created right after the fire were not very beautiful. Uh, they were short um, buildings made of very heavy materials, and those, a lot of those buildings were torn down by the 1890s, and then the famous Chicago School of Architecture really rose to prominence by the late 1880s, 1890s. Louis Sullivan, Frank Lloyd Wright, uh, Daniel Burnham, uh, those guys that have really put their imprint on the city uh, over the last uh, a century or more ago. So the the fire uh, definitely it changed. Did it did it, did it change uh, construction? Uh, the, the the building materials used and uh, codes and all that kind of thing. It did absolutely. I, I know you have a, a background in construction and and. Yeah. Uh, there was actually something that, that was created called the fire limit. Um, so the fire limit was, if you imagine, uh, a series of concentric circles starting in downtown Chicago. And the, the innermost concentric circle would have been the uh, spot where uh, nothing could have been made out of wood. Um, and so that was after 1871. And then actually, not that long after that, um, the fire limit covered the entire city. So they were really discouraging uh, construction out of wood, which of course hurt uh, the carpenters. Carpenters were really upset. Yeah. The masons were really happy. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you, you can't please everyone all the time, but there were a lot of German immigrant uh, carpenters here in the late 19th century. And so they were, they were, certainly were displeased by the fire limit. But yes, it greatly changed uh, construction in the city, transportation, and also kind of helped Chicago rebuild itself and rebrand itself. Uh, you know, a sad way to rebrand, but it, it rebranded itself and kind of stepped out 20 years later in the World's Fair of 1893 as this, this world city. You mentioned, uh, the, you mentioned the uh, German immigrants that were carpenters. Mm -hmm. Does the Chicago uh, Historical Museum also kind of follow um, the trends of migration? Absolutely. Uh, immigration? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually uh, when I was in school and spent a long time in school, immigration history was my specialty. Uh, and so, uh, yes, we, we trace the entire scope uh, of uh, the history of this uh, city in terms of immigration. So um, a lot of immigrants uh, came originally from Northern and Western Europe, then Southern and Eastern Europe uh, by the early 20th century from Mexico, by the mid, mid to late 20th century, uh, then kind of the rest of the world, uh, Africa, Asia, uh, Southern and Eastern Europe again, uh, Central and South America, um, and, and all over. Uh, and that's really when Chicago became kind of this much more diverse, uh, not just Christian, not just white uh, city. Mm. So uh, I guess this is a good enough time to tell you, uh, if you are just tuning in, we're talking with Peter Alter. Who is a, he is a historian and director of the Studs Turkle Center for Oral History uh, with the uh, Chicago Histor Historical History Museum. History Museum. Uh -huh. All right. Uh, and, and before I start talking, because we've got, a, we've got the phone ring, phone ring, which means right. we might have a... Uh, caller with a question or a comment. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, um, would, this, would this question fall under the, the Chicago accent, the fabled Chicago accent? <laughs> is that something, <laughs> is that, something that, that, that you've looked into as a, as a historian? 
Uh, you know, I've been asked a lot of things, um, and we have uh, in staff meetings and so forth. We have sometimes talked about the the famous Chicago accent mm -hmm. that um, is sometimes you know lampooned on Saturday Saturday yeah. Night Live, for example. Yeah. Um, and actually, and I've been at the museum for about 18 years. I remember my supervisor when I first started. She talked about the possibility of actually capturing that accent, yeah. uh, you know, on audio or video because. Uh, you know, as Chicago becomes more and more of a world city and people come from all over the country and the world, uh, obviously we lose those accents. Um, right. So yes, there is, a, there is a Chicago accent, usually associated with the South Side, uh, yeah. <laughs> different parts of the South Side. Uh, and uh, it's funny, you know, to hop on YouTube and Google various things, you know, real stuff separate from Saturday Night Live and see what those real accents were, were like. Yeah. So Chicago has a sizable Muslim population. Uh, has, is that also, has that also been looked at uh, to see how that, you know, because it's got a, a fairly large uh, African-American uh, Muslim population, mm -hmm. uh, South Asian, Arab, right. um, Bosnian. Uh, have, have you all looked at the makeup and how, how that has come about? We actually, uh, and of course, thank you for that question. Uh, we're looking into that right now. Uh, we have ongoing, and we started in June of 2016, uh, the Muslim Chicago Oral History Project. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've conducted, uh, to this point, 22 oral histories uh, from across uh, the spectrum uh, in, in all of those uh, uh, different groups that you've listed and also faith traditions. Um, and we're, we're looking to uh, collect as many as uh, 50, and I think we'll far exceed that, oral histories. Uh, and this won't, these oral histories will live on our website, chicagohistory.org, uh, but they will also be the focal point for an exhibition uh, that will be something called Muslim Chicago. Uh, we don't have a title yet. And that will open at the Chicago History Museum, uh, we hope the fall of 2019. Uh, and we have lots of other, we hope for a robust series of programs around Muslim Chicago starting actually in 2018, so not too long from now. We hope to uh, um, recruit, hire, and train a group of uh, American Muslim uh, teenagers to do some of the oral histories so that we have a, um, an intergenerational learning component. Uh, and we hope to uh, document uh, Islam in Chicago in all its full glory, so to speak, um, from uh, uh, Bosnian Muslims and Albanians and South Asians and the Nation of Islam and uh, uh, all of the communities um, we hope to uh, embrace in different ways, at least through oral histories. Um, we're conducting 60 to 90 minute uh, and sometimes longer oral histories um, from uh, throughout uh, the city. We're also networking. Uh, earlier today, I was at Universal School in Bridgeview, which is my first time there. Oh, wow. That was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, we're working uh, with a masjid, uh, for example, uh, on Roosevelt Road in North Lawndale. Uh, uh, we're working with all kinds of different masjids, but that's the, the first, uh, that's the most recent one where we conducted an oral history. Um, and so we're, we're really excited about this project uh, and really learning. You know, we're, we're uh, predominantly, um, you know, a, a white Christian organization that's trying to become more diverse in every way that it can. Uh, and so we're hoping uh, through different opportunities, uh, we've reached out, for example, to, to Leaf Collective for training uh, in April of this year. Uh, we got there in, uh, introducing uh, Islam 
uh, lecture, and we're hoping to do much more of that as we, we move through. Um, we've interviewed uh, folks at Sound Vision, uh, at uh, ICRA, the International Educational Foundation, uh, Masjid Al-Fatir uh, on the south side, yep. and, and lots, of, lots of different places, um, suburban mosques as well. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm a white Christian guy. Uh, learning about Islam, uh, I do have a background as a historian. I did spend uh, a semester in the former Yugoslavia and learned and have written and published about uh, Islam in, in Yugoslavia, especially Bosnia. And, and so I'm using that as kind of the, the kernel to spread out from there. Right. In your 18 years with uh, the Chicago um, History Museum, mm -hmm. has anything surprised you? <laughs> uh, you know, I would say um, the only things that uh, generally surprise me are the things that people want to know about. Uh, and so the kinds of interviews um, that I sometimes have to do, uh, and I shouldn't say have to do, that I get to do. Uh, yeah. This today where it's a wide-ranging discussion, that's the best, of course. Uh -huh. um, but for example, uh, I've been interviewed about why uh, where the ba Chicago Bears play is called Soldier Field and not Soldier's Field. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what's the answer? Uh, to well, that? you know, I don't really know, <laughs> but when it was named in the 1920s, yeah. um, there, were, um, there was a convention of speaking that sometimes didn't use plural. Uh, and so, um, for example, there's a, um, uh, a college in Texas called Texas Woman College, not Texas Woman's College. Uh, so not plural, not apostrophe S, and they were founded around the same time, so kind of doing my historical research. Uh, uh, last week uh, I was on TV talking about how to pronounce um, a north side street called Kyler. Uh, so sometimes people don't know how to pronounce street names, so they were asking us for that kind of uh, expertise. That's, that's not the K-E-E-L-E-R. Uh, no, it's C-U-Y-L-E-R. Oh. Uh, so okay. it's on the north side, uh, about a block north of Irving Park Road. Um, and probably the strangest media question is that there were rumors that there was some kind of um, literally uh, half bat, half human uh, creature flying around the loop. Uh, and um, was there any historical precedent for that? And I, I'm, I'm not kidding. Okay. That, is, that is true. And that's within actually the last uh, three or four months I was asked that question. Uh, and of course I had, I just had nothing. Uh, right. you know, I was just, I was empty. <laughs> I had no that? idea what to do with that. <laughs> so what about, I know one thing I'm curious about, and maybe uh, some of you listening, uh, Radio Islam family, uh, Chicagoans would, would think about this as well. Uh, there's, there's, there's been talk about the underground uh, vaults yes. uh, of Chicago, particularly mm -hmm. within the downtown area. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so those are, those are freight tunnels, um, and those tunnels were made uh, in uh, the early 20th century to uh, reduce congestion. Uh, so, you know, we know that in downtown Chicago at rush hours, it can get very busy, it can get very... Uh, traffic jammed and um, those tunnels were built so that freight could be moved uh, between department stores, between offices um, 
And uh, there's actually, if anyone out there has ever read, probably the single most famous book about Chicago called The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. Yes. Uh, the, the main character who's a Lithuanian immigrant, Yergis Rudkus, he actually injures himself mm. building those tunnels. Uh, I think he gets run over by a car building the tunnels. Um, and then very famously, uh, I believe in the late 1970s or early 1980s, uh, there was con construction work on the Chicago River and uh, some kind of big digger uh, um, pierced the side of the Chicago River and essentially made a leak in the Chicago River and those freight tunnels flooded. Mm -hmm. And so where you absolutely don't expect floods and where businesses did not have flood insurance, uh, there was a, a, a major flood in downtown Chicago that made at least national news and, uh, and caused, uh, I think, millions of dollars in property damage back then. Uh, so yeah, that's the story of the, they are, um, it's not like Al Capone's vault that Geraldo, you know, uncovered yeah. a while back. Um, there's no buried treasure. And uh, I understand in certain buildings like the Marshall Fields building, not far from where we are right now, um, there, are, there are access points, um, and occasionally, you know, on local PBS or uh, public radio or something, you'll you'll see a reporter go down in there and and uh, kind of tell a historic story about those tunnels. Yeah. But yeah, very fa fascinating uh, part of Chicago's history. Yeah. So, what's the most uh, what's the most popular exhibit right now at the museum? Uh, so uh, we have a brand new um, a exhibit uh, that is very popular at the moment. Uh, it's called uh, Race, uh, Are We So Different? Uh, and it's actually a traveling show uh, put together by um, uh, a, uh, a group of um, uh, sociologists and uh, the uh, Science Museum in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Uh, and so um, it explores uh, sort of uh, the kind of uh, made up categories of race as they were created in the early 20th century uh, for racial supremacy of whites. Uh, so that's our current most popular, uh, but our long-term most popular is our Chicago Crossroads of America exhibit, which is our keystone exhibit that, that rotates um, different uh, objects in and out, uh, where the Chicago L car is, where the, um, where the Pioneer locomotive is, uh, where we have uh, Cubs jerseys on display from the last, uh, their World Series championship in 2016 that seemed like it was never going to come. Yeah. Uh, and um, so that's always the, the exhibit that people return to. Uh, for listeners who have younger kids and they think, wow, this isn't the zoo, uh, this isn't the aquarium where I can see, you know, baby belugas and so forth. We do have uh, several exhibits on our first floor that are aimed for younger audiences. Um, Chicago is known for its Chicago-style hot dogs, right? Yes. So we have an, uh, a giant oversized uh, Chicago hot dog bun complete with um, poppy seeds that you can climb in. Uh, and you can put all of the, the classic... Uh, um, Chicago style hot dog toppings on yourself. So there's uh, a string of mustard. Of course, there's no ketchup. <laughs> um, you know, there's celery salt, there's pickle relish, there's hot peppers, there's tomatoes, and so forth. Um, 
And so that's very popular, especially with uh, younger kids. It's aimed at a third and fourth grade audience. Um, and if you were there uh, when it was the Chicago Historical Society, maybe forced to go on a field trip, you were probably in third or fourth grade, uh, and you might remember the dioramas. Uh, the dioramas have been greatly redone uh, and actually um, made for um, a younger first, third to fourth grade audience. Um, okay. We also do have, uh, especially in those um, ex exhibits made for uh, families with uh, um, young kids. Uh, they are also bilingual, uh, so if there's any folks who are bilingual English and Spanish and, and they want to bring some Spanish-speaking friends or family, we do have that uh, as well. Uh, and, and also lots of, of other opportunities for Spanish speakers at the museum. Okay, that sounds, that sounds great. Um, ah, man, the time flies by so quickly. It does. <laughs> I really appreciate you uh, coming in and talking with the Radio Slime family. Um, once again, tell folks where can they uh, where can they get more information about the museum? Uh, so you can go to uh, chicagohistory.org. That's our website. Uh, and if you're specifically interested, uh, you'd like to learn more about the Muslim Chicago Oral History Project, you can just email me. Uh, so I'll be brave and put my email out there on the airwaves. It's alter, A-L-T-E-R, at Chicago History, written as all one word, dot org. Uh, and I have flyers. I'll, I'll talk to you. We'll meet. Uh, I'll be, I'm always very excited uh, to push this project forward. Well, Peter, thank you so much once again. Oh, thank you very much. So, Radio Slime family, if you haven't already done so, if you've uh, just tuned in, you have been listening, or you just caught the tail end of a great conversation with Dr. Peter Alter. He is a historian and director of the Studs Turkle Center for Oral History with the Chicago History Museum. Um, they are located at 1601 North Clark Street. All right. Uh, that was in great. In Chicago on the north side. Okay.